Good morning. It is seven minutes after nine o'clock, and it is Froster Bones Friday. And I'm, I'm still. I mean, just now I watched Blinken uh, talking about uh, the Middle East, and we're still giving them advice to to hold off, to pose, to pause, to wait for just just a little bit. And I, I talked about this yesterday briefly. Uh, when you're at war, there are some tough decisions you have to make. Yeah, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that responsibility. It is tough. I mentioned Winston Churchill, who um, was told that uh, the Nazis were going to bomb a city in England. And we knew this because we'd broken the Nazis' code. And, and, and if he had done what they wanted and warned the people in that city, the Nazis would have known that the code was broken, and at the end of the day, it would have been worse and, and prolonged the war. So he literally let them bomb a city in England, because at the end of the day, if they were going to win the war, they couldn't afford to tip everybody off. What a horrendous decision to have to make. But that's what leaders do. True leaders do that, and that's what Winston Churchill did. Now, we keep hearing all of this, oh, these people are in danger. Well, there were a lot of innocent people in Hiroshima and Nagasaki and the rest of Japan. And we bombed them. And the same thing happened to the Nazis in Germany. We bombed the hell out of them. A lot of innocent people die. I would love to see them get all of those people back that are being held in the tunnels. But if at the end of the day, winning the war is the goal, stopping this from ever happening again is the goal, then they need to be turned loose. Stop interfering. Stop trying to make the decisions for them. Quit trying to tell them, oh, pause for humanitarian reasons. They didn't pause for humanitarian reasons. Palestinians that, that uh, went into Israel didn't pause for those reasons. In fact, the leader uh, of, the Palest of, the, of Hamas is, is saying, you know, we're going to do this again and again and again. We're going to keep doing it. I, I, what frosts my buns is all of these people who think this war is some kind of video game. It's... it's uh, you know the it it it's it seems to it almost reminds me Brian of the the timid kid who gives up his lunch to the bully in school yes in hopes that it ends it doesn't end not until you punch the bully then it ends i'm not saying i'm in favor of palestine or israel though i i tend to side a little bit more with israel <laughs> clearly it's their war, they should fight it, and they should fight it on their own terms. And if they want weapons from us, they should pay for them. I shouldn't pay for them. They should. And all those other Arab countries, why don't those other Arab countries tell, the, tell Hamas, listen, we're going to come in, we're going to take over for a while, and we're going to run things and make sure that Israel doesn't abuse you. Why aren't they doing that? They're, they're upset with Israel for defending herself. And they, they, for the most part, won't let the Palestinians into their countries. Well, why don't they, you know, hey, you know what? If we side with the Palestinians, we'll show you how just how awful the, uh, the Israelis are. 
we're going to come in and run it. And when they abuse us, the world will know. But they don't do that. They don't do that. 874-9390. The toll-free number is 800-529-5572. Or you can go to GaryNolan.com and send me a message. It will pop up in studio. There are no cookies. We don't send you any emails unless you ask for a response. It's just an opportunity for you to connect with me. Speaking of which, Kevin says, my buns were kind of frosted the other day as a guy. Uh, as a guy I know was telling, bragging about how the debt of conservation pays him to essentially uh, brush hog his 100-acre hobby farm. What are your thoughts on taking money from others to give to landowners? For your information, I own a home, uh, just not a substantial uh, acreage. In my opinion, the Department of Conservation has gotten too big. Government shouldn't take a dime of your money to give to any individual, no matter how noble the cause. No, the government shouldn't be giving anybody, anybody, your money. It's precious. You work for it. All right, uh, to the phones, because that's what we're really here for. Rick in Hallsville on a Froster Buns Friday. What's up, Rick? Well, good morning, and of course, I think all murderers should be quickly, swiftly dealt with and sent to the eternity, uh, so go Israel. But uh, Jay Ashcroft has said that he will resign if elected governor if this abortion initiative passes. Um, I understand in the Missouri Constitution, we can actually, we the people can actually end that constitution and make them start all over from scratch. I'd rather Mr. Ashcroft, if he's elected, push that and make these legislators fix things that everybody else has broken, including marijuana. Now, a lawyer has told me that abolishing the Missouri Constitution, which is in the Constitution, that we can would be a bad idea, but Man, it's sounding like a good idea to me. Well, periodically it comes up on the ballot, and it just did uh, recently that we can have a uh, state constitutional convention. And uh, just like we have uh, since, I think, World War II, maybe even before that, we decided not to do it. Voters maybe said Maybe we no. could do it on an initiative petition. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Mr. Ashcroft, please weigh in. Thank you. All right. And, and you said he offered to resign as governor if he wins and if the abortion. If the abortion bill. Right. I'll have to double check with that next week when he's on the program. All right, Rick. Thank it, you. It was, glad, glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. He would resign. Why in the hell would he do that? Why would he not just stay in there and fight? That doesn't make sense. All right, um, Froster Buns Friday, you, you don't have to be on topic. All you have to do is contact me and tell me what's on your mind, and we'll let you vent. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show, and this is the Zimmer Radio Network. Updated information on smoking data, it's kind of interesting, especially considering what the administration wants to do with menthol cigarettes. But we'll get to that later. We uh, started the program talking about how the United States is urging 
uh, Israel to pause. And, and you know, I, I throw this open. If you're a Vietnam vet, what happened? Every time those geniuses in the uh, administration said to the, uh, uh, to the military, you guys pause, what did the Viet Cong do? Well, they regrouped, they rearmed. We gave them opportunities to, to get even more dangerous. My point was we should stay out of it. Let them handle it in Israel as they see fit. Uh, and, uh, well, it's Frost Your Buns Friday, so you can even be off topic. Let's see where Travis is. Travis, good morning. Morning. It's yes, sir. Frost Your Buns Friday. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> the government's got me pretty frosted. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm honestly kind of scared. We went from being the world's police, which I didn't really agree we should have been either. Not our business, not our problems. We should be firm but fair help our allies when they need help with the help that they need. Stay out of it when it's not our problems. But we went from that to basically the Biden administration running things like he ran his uh, son, Hunter. Oh, if you get in trouble, I'm not going to say, hey, you know, I'll help you out, but I'll just pay off the other people. That just brings more people coming with their hands out. We saw it in Afghanistan with Iran. Now it's happening with Hamas. I mean, how many conflicts do we have to start shelling out on both sides of the fence? If we're going to stay out of it, stay out of it. If we're going to help our allies, help our allies. We can't be playing the fence with this, especially not when we're not helping our own citizens, our own veterans that have been through these wars. I have seen so many of my fellow friends that I serve with have extreme PTSD from the Afghanistan pullout. Feeling like you're left to, to just hang to dry. Feeling like your government does not care about you happens every day with their health care, where we have to switch from this plan to that plan. Having to relive the horrors that you experience in war, because war is very gross. It, 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 you see things that you never forget. And when you tell the child that's dying that you know you can't save, that weighs on your heart heavier than anything. And so to see these things and not, not have a consistent person to talk to, because, oh, well, we're changing policies. You need to now go relive that with a new doctor, with a new plan. They did that with Obamacare. It tore a lot of us up. I, I'm sorry for Benton so, so bad. It's just when the government takes our money to pay others and to pay off the people that we're fighting with, it, it's just infuriating, and you feel as if, feel as if they don't care. We're just pawns sent out to die. Oh, man. I wish I had some words to, to calm you down, but all you've done is entrench my anger as well. Travis, thank you for your service and your sacrifice. I really appreciate it. And hopefully somebody is listening. Hey, remember everyone deployed. Yeah, uh, Veterans Day. All right. Uh, Travis, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. He, he, he was right. He just he just nailed it. Anne is on uh, in Lebanon, Missouri. Anne, welcome. Hi, Gary. To Travis, um, 
don't apologize. You paid for the right to to say your piece and say what you you know. I agree with him wholeheartedly. Um, what frosts my buttons, Gary, is a story that Tashara Jones, the mayor of St. Louis City, she's uh, she created this Office of New Americans where she wants to take and probably will. It's probably already started. Uh, some of the overflow of illegal aliens from Chicago and bring them down to guess, guess who? You guessed it, St. Louis. And probably Springfield and the surrounding communities. They'll probably end up there too. And um, that's paid for with tax dollars. And um, Catholic charities, the unions, they're gonna be over there uh, helping to get get these people jobs, uh, all the good things in life, uh, place to live, uh, medical, school, all that kind of good stuff. And that's coming to your community real, real soon if they haven't already started the process. Yeah. Um, so, Gary, do you know, can, can Mayor, I mean, I mean, Governor Person, can he do anything to intercede or to stop this from happening? I don't think so. I don't think so. But somebody could be, could be using the bully pulpit. The, the problem is that the American public are gullible as hell. And, and part of their gullibility deals with their desire to help, not wanting to see anybody suffer. And so they, they think these are solutions that will work. Instead, uh, they're just solutions that will drag down the state and cost taxpayers money. Well, the, the videos that everybody out there who, who is listening to your station, they've seen the uh, videos of people in Chicago who are having protest after protest because they're taking this bit of land, their police department, their schools to house these illegal aliens. Well, guess what, folks? It's coming to your neighborhood. Which city is, is it? Really, is it Chicago uh, that just that is uh, thinking of uh, changing their status uh, from a sanctuary city to not, not a sanctuary. I think it's Chicago. They want to hold a vote to change that now that they've got a taste yeah. of it. All right. Yeah. And that they think that we'll forget. They actually think we're, the, yeah, I, they do think we're that stupid. They yep. do. They do. And thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show. Um, we, by the way, are, um, doing, uh, kind of a Veterans Day deal here, uh, a salute to troops. And um, we're doing this uh, for sure on uh, our station in Jeff City, KWOS, and our home station, KSSZ. Um, essentially, uh, if you go to our website, we're asking listeners to submit thank yous to veterans uh, in their lives. And uh, we're going to air those stories on Veterans Day weekend uh, so go to our uh, one of those two stations. I don't know if they're doing this in Springfield or not, um, but at uh, KWOS, uh, thanks to All Seasons Roofing, we're able to do that. And at KSSZ, our home station, it's all state consultants that are helping us do that. Uh, so for veterans, there you go. Let me go to the phones. Aaron is on the line. Good morning, sir. Aaron? Yes, Gary. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. It, it cut out on me a little bit there. I'm going to back you up just a little bit to the gentleman who called about the uh, his friend was paid to brush hog his ground by the Missouri Department of Conservation. Um, that's not the Missouri Department of Conservation. I don't know that they've ever had a program like that. That's the USDA and the Farm Services Administration, and it's government set-aside grounds. So 
they will pay you so much an acre to take land that is uh, potentially erodible and, and stuff and put it in warm season grasses and flowers or, or weeds. Uh, but it's, that's not the Department of Conservation. Well, it's still, it's not the government's job to do that. Uh, and it's still right. taking taxpayer dollars. But I'm glad yeah, you clarified that. Thank you. Yeah, they, they pay you for that. Uh, and it also helps them balance out the production or overproduction of certain grains. So and yeah. they're trying to manipulate the market. Yeah, they've been trying that since world since 1941. I think that's yeah. when Roosevelt started that. All right, yeah. Aaron, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, there's a, a case, a famous case, and it really did lead to an explosion of government growth that happened in the state of Ohio with a wheat farmer. And I believe we've told the story on the air before, but this guy was growing wheat. Uh, Roosevelt uh, was trying to control the market and uh, limit how much wheat you could you could grow. Well, he was just growing it for his own use on his own farm. And the federal government said, you're violating the law. You're not supposed to grow wheat on your own land on your own farm. And they went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the argument was, well, if he's growing his own wheat for his own use, he's not buying wheat. And that affects interstate commerce. Ergo, it is the federal government's job to tell him. He has to uh, cut back on on uh, growing wheat. I mean, it, it is so stupid. The hoops they jump through to reinterpret the Constitution to give the government greater power, and that's how we end up deciding uh, that you can't grow this and you can grow that, and we'll give you money for not growing something. It's just pathetic. Um, all due respect to farmers, who I think are some of the hardest working people in the world. You're not supposed to get tax dollars to do your job. You're supposed to make money from the products you sell. And if you're not, either you're doing something wrong or the government is distorting the market, making it impossible for you to profit. All right, to the phones we go. Head down to Jeff City and Tom is on the line. Good morning. Good morning. That's a really wild story you just presented. Uh, the uh, the fact of the uh, southern border allowing so many in uh it's obvious to many people that this is a ploy uh, down the road to uh getting votes uh for one party uh, certainly over the other but uh, i don't know if you've thought of this or not but you know uh, many of the families uh, coming from central america are big families kind of like what this country was 100 years ago, 150 years ago. Uh, and with that said, uh, not just the vote, but many people coming into the workforce are going to help relieve some of the Social Security uh, benefit problems that we're facing now and further much, a lot further down the road. And we could probably throw in Medicare with that as well. What do you think? I think it would still increase the national debt. Uh, if enough people go to work that we have more than enough money to cover the bills, they'll have to store that excess money somewhere. That would be the Treasury. And they'll spend it and we'll owe it back. Tom, thank you. Got to run. It's Wickard v. Fillmore, by the way, that case. Gary Nolan Zimmer, Radio Network. 9.35 on a Froster Buns Friday. All right, so some people are not familiar with Wickard v. Filburn. And um, 
in the whole concept uh, that uh, the government pays you to not grow things, not raise things, not farm animals, uh, or or punishes you for doing what they don't want you to do. This all started during the Roosevelt years when the hubris in Washington was overwhelming and they thought they could control the marketplace. Uh, and they interfered with it uh, from about 1941 or 42 forward. Um, so uh, here's one view of Wickard v. Filburn. In 1942, the United States Supreme Court in Wickard versus Filburn told a farmer that he couldn't have his wheat and eat it too. In an attempt to improve the weak economic climate in the wake of the Great Depression, Congress enacted the New Deal. One piece of legislation, the Agricultural Adjustment Act of 1938, imposed a maximum quota on the amount of wheat that farmers could produce. Congress passed the act in response to a nationwide wheat surplus relative to demand. Farmer Filburn, who operated a small dairy farm in Ohio, grew wheat primarily for home consumption and to feed his livestock. Filburn received a fine after growing more wheat than his allotted quota. He filed a lawsuit against Wickard, the Secretary of Agriculture, seeking to enjoin enforcement of the act. Because Filburn wasn't placing his wheat into the stream of interstate commerce, he argued that his wheat production couldn't be controlled by Congress under its Commerce Clause authority. Filburn argued that his activity couldn't be regulated under Congress's commerce power because he wasn't going to sell his wheat and his wheat wasn't crossing state lines. The district court agreed with Filburn and found the act, as applied to him, unconstitutional. On direct appeal, the issue before the United States Supreme Court was whether Congress's Commerce Clause authority allows it to regulate purely in-state activities, such as the private cultivation of wheat. The court held that Congress may regulate in-state activities if they have a substantial effect on interstate commerce. Justice Jackson, writing for the unanimous court, reasoned that wheat grown for home consumption can substantially affect interstate commerce. To reach this conclusion, the court applied what's now known as the aggregation doctrine. The doctrine hypothetically combines all instances of a given activity and then asks whether that activity, considered in the aggregate, would impose a substantial effect on interstate commerce. Here, the court looked not just at Filburn's own wheat production, but the effect on interstate commerce of all wheat grown for home consumption across the nation. The court reasoned that if Congress couldn't regulate small amounts of wheat, then large aggregate amounts of wheat would escape congressional regulation, too. All right, the court found that Filburn's activity... All right, so, in other words, by opening this door, it gave the federal government powers the Founding Fathers never envisioned. They're, they're now able to tell you how to operate your business, your farm, your anything, because... If enough, and, and this is ridiculous, I mean, how many wheat farmers were out there that in the aggregate could have affected the price of wheat on interstate commerce? But that was the decision they made. And if, if they ever revisit this and they rule that it, uh, it doesn't make sense, and it doesn't, the power of the federal government to regulate things in Missouri and everywhere else in the country would be diminished dramatically. I think it would scare the hell out of uh, out of the left 
But the net result then is that they get to pay you not to do some things and pay you to do other things. They get to punish and reward you in their attempt to control the market. Uh, you know, the, the glut of wheat, that problem would have been resolved uh, within a year. People would have quit growing it in substantial amounts because it wasn't worth it. The market would have corrected itself as, the, as it always does. But the hubris of the left, the progressives, they thought they could control this and, and do a better job than you could or that the free market could. And, and uh, as an example of the stupidity of this, there was a, uh, a piece written uh, many years ago about not raising hogs. Um, and and it's, it's kind of an amusing letter, but it's ex it, it is an example of what could happen. Here's the letter. It, says, uh, uh, it was a letter written to uh, the legislature. I'm not sure if it was the Senate or, or the House or whomever, but it was a humorous letter. It says, my friend Ed Peterson over in Wells, uh, Wells Iowa, received a check for $1,000 from the government for not raising hogs. So I want to go into the not raising hogs business next year. What I want to know is, in your opinion, what's the best kind of farm not to raise hogs on? And what's the best breed of hogs not to raise? <laughs> I want to be sure that I approach this endeavor in keeping with all government policies. I would prefer not to raise Razorbacks, but if that's not a good breed not to raise, and I'll gladly uh, not raise Yorkshires. Uh, as I see it, the hardest part of this program will be keeping an accurate inventory of how many hogs I haven't raised. My friend Peterson is very joyful about the future of the business. He's been raising hogs for... 20 years or so, and the best he ever made on them was $422 back in 1968. Until this year when he got your check for $1,000 for not raising hogs. If I get $1,000 for not raising 50 hogs, will I get $2,000 for not raising 100 hogs? I plan to operate on a small scale at first, holding myself down to about 4,000 hogs not raised which will mean about $80,000 for the first year, then I can afford an airplane. Now, another thing, uh, these hogs that I will not raise will not eat 100,000 bushels of corn. I understand that you pay farmers to not raise corn and wheat. Will I qualify for payments for not raising corn and wheat, not to feed the 4,000 hogs I'm not going to raise? I'm also, by the way, considering not milking cows business, the not milking cows business, uh, so uh, send me any inf information that you have on that also. In view of the circumstances, you understand that I will be totally unemployed and plan to file for unemployment and food stamps. Be assured you'll have my vote in the next coming election. Patriotically yours. It's humorous, but it is, in essence, what's going on or what has been going on. Um, and it is a distortion of the marketplace. 874-9390-800-529-5572. It is Frost Your Buns Friday. So if there's a topic that, uh, that you want to discuss, I want you to feel free to give us a call or send me a message. It will pop up in studio. Um, let me tell you what else. Brian, you remember how we were told about uh, those uh, mail-in ballots and how safe they were and yes. absentee uh -huh. ballots and... You can't tape, tamper with them. Why, in some states, they all, uh, you know, that's all they do, and it's so great. 
Well, up in Connecticut, um, they had a primary there. And uh, a judge uh, threw the whole primary out. September 12th, the Democrat primary for the race to become the mayor of Bridgeport included thousands of absentee ballots. Uh, John Gomez, one of the uh, candidates, presented evidence indicating that some of the ballots were cast fraudulently. And apparently they got these women collecting all these ballots and, and, uh, and uh, tinkering with the system. And it was, uh, it, it was so blatant that they literally canceled the primary and said, uh, you guys got to do this over again. Just too much cheating. So I don't know about all those uh, uh, people that have been telling us forever that uh, this is the safest way to... There's no fraud involved in this. This fraud was so significant, they literally have to repeat the election. Uh, There's a city worker who supports another mayoral candidate. Uh, The party endorsed uh, 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 Mayor... Um, and, and she and another woman, a supporter of, mis- of uh, one of the candidates, didn't register as absentee ballot distributors. They didn't sign uh, applications, which is required if they assisted uh, voters, nor were they uh, designated by absentee voters to drop off, uh, drop off absentee ballots. They were captured on video dropping off multiple absentee ballots on multiple occasions into drop boxes. They, uh, they wouldn't testify at the fraud trial. They kept saying, uh, you know, the Fifth Amendment. But the judge uh, said, this is so outrageous. They did this so much that they literally have recalled the primary election so much for it being the safest way to vote. Uh, you can't make this stuff up. 874-9390. Toll-free number is 800-529-5572. The sun apparently has something to do with temperature. What? And apparently, the, the minute, experts. This is fake news. No, the experts screwed the pooch. They didn't get it. Huh. They missed it. Well, I'll read that to you next. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It is. <laughs> it's uh, ten to ten. Glad to have you with us. It is Froster Buns Friday. So I, I. The story is that apparently scientists. Uh, that thought they understood the solar cycle were wrong. They, they apparently they don't, and uh, we're about to uh, encounter a, a peak, a, a solar maximum. So I'm reading the story, and I'm thinking this only has to do with solar flares and uh, you know what it might do to the electric grid uh, or the aurora borealis or things like that. And I get down to this paragraph, and I think, huh. I, they got everything wrong, and don't you know, this comes up in addition to that. Quote, several signs this year reveal that the solar maximum is going to arrive sooner and be more active than expected, including a 20-year sunspot peak, massive X-class solar flares, extensive aurora displays at lower latitudes, and, get ready for this, Brian, Rising temperatures in the upper atmosphere, as well as the appearance of streaks of light known as air glow. <laughs> what? The sun is raising temperatures? That can't be. There must be a mistake there somewhere. Well, 
I, I, there, clearly, there must be. Why would anybody think the damn sun has anything to do I with don't the know. temperature? <sighs> I mean, and if humans can change the temperature on the planet, Earth, based on their activity, why can't we change the temperature of the sun, too? I mean, why don't we just, you know, shoot some cold things at it and lower the temperature a little bit? <laughs> fire, fire off a couple of ice trays, yeah. Brian? Yeah, why not? What you're thinking? Oh, man, don't, don't, Brian, don't. I'm trying to help. A lot of people hear this, and then uh, some of them may be progressives. Who will want to do that? <laughs> I mean, don't forget they want to they want to put up uh, all kinds of pollution in the outer atmosphere. They want to release this. Um, I don't know what kind of dust it is, but it was to uh, reflect the sun. What could go wrong? Oh yeah, my why? First thought. Yeah, why would we need sunlight? <laughs> so silly. <laughs> we could just be like Democrats and be in the dark all year. Uh, all right, let me go to the phones on a Froster Buns Friday, because Richard is there. Richard, good morning. Good morning. I'm doing fine. How you been? I am doing well, thank you. Well, I, I was sitting there thinking, I said, uh, we've heard of uh, their names for different people. They were great people, like Eric, uh, or uh, these great warriors of the past and stuff like that. I, I have a name for our president, who is a bumbling fool. And it's Biden and the bad. Biden Everything the, he does, Biden the bad. Yeah, it's too bad he didn't have a name that started with a T, because it could have been, you know, Tiden the Terrible, because uh, he's worse than bad. <laughs> All right. Well, it, it, it's, it's something to think about. I mean, everything he touches or tries to do, it turns out upside down or bad. Yeah, thank yeah. you. It turns into a pile of poo. All right, Richard, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. <laughs> oh, they don't understand the sun. Oh, Lord. All right. This uh, story I thought was uh, kind of interesting, and I'm not sure what to do with it. So I'm just going to read it to you. Apparently, using um, AI software that, that uh, these kids in high school found, they were able to take the the pictures of the girls in school and seamlessly put them the head that is the picture of the head of these girls on uh, the bodies of naked women this happened in uh, Westfield High School in New Jersey the boys were sharing nude photos of these girls in group chats and uh, it turned out the images weren't real. Students said one or more classmates used an online tool powered by artificial intelligence to make the images, and then they shared them with others. So I want to put you in the place of these girls. There suddenly is what appears to be a photograph of them, and they're in high school, mind you, in the nude. All together, naked. And who knows what kinds of poses uh, they were able to dig up online uh, to, to put together. I am sure those girls would be, were shocked at those photographs. Imagine if you're the parent. Imagine it's your daughter. I am sure you'd be shocked. Holy 
moly, they've taken the picture of your daughter's face and put it on a nude woman, perhaps involved or engaged in some sexual activity. Now the question is, what should happen to the boys? What should happen to the boys? Now, they have pictures of the girls, real pictures of the girls. They're in yearbooks and, and uh, taken in the hallways in the classrooms. And there's nothing wrong with that. And they're downloading porn. And that's not the school's business. And then they're using artificial intelligence to meld the 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 porn to the girl's face. What's the law that's broken here? What's the remedy? What would you do if this happened to your little girl? 874-9390. Toll free 800-529-5572. Picture of the girl? They can have a picture. They can take a picture of the girl on the phone. They can take these photographs uh, off the yearbook. Uh, they can get them off Facebook. And they take that picture of that girl's face, your little girl's face, her head, and they put it, using artificial intelligence, onto the body of a naked woman perhaps engaged in some sexual activity. What's the law that's broken here? What should happen to the boys? And how would you handle it as a parent? I can't imagine the shock. These boys are showing this around. They're, you know, emailing them back and forth to one another. I don't know. I honestly, I don't, I don't know what, uh, what the law is that, that uh, you would charge them with. I don't know what right you would even have to punish them. I'm pretty sure I know what every father listening to me would like to do to those boys. But I'm not sure we have the right to punish them. Let me know what you think. 800-529-5572 or GaryNolan.com. This is The Gary Nolan Show.